Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year indeed, Pete. I hope you're excited about this new year and everything that's coming up, everything God's doing in your life. Yeah, you know what I was I was reflecting on, you know, we just last week we did a show on reflecting on our last year, right? And so I was reflecting on my year of last year and I thought, man, I was sick a lot last year. It wasn't a fun year. You know, it ended with me having COVID. I had COVID on Christmas Day. Is it stress? I don't know. I had like this sinus infection. And so I had to go. I had it for like forever. And and I think I traveled a lot last year. And I think maybe the airlines maybe did it or just that whole, because they say that your sinuses are bad when you travel. I don't know. I don't know. But it was one of those weird years that way. And so I'm starting off 2023. I feel great. I have a cough left over from the COVID. Um, but besides that, it was good. But last year was, it was a great year. I mean, it was a lot of ministry, a lot of fruit, you know, God just rock, work radically within my life. I think same with you, yeah. you know? Well, I had COVID the week before Christmas, so oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I, I probably gave it to you. Yeah. We seem to like do that. You know, when you're close <laughs> with somebody, you seem to have that kind you're of welcome. effect. You have Merry that, Christmas. You have that kind of effect on everybody. You know, you were talking about last week's show and, you know, we were kind of going over, you know, a 2022 recap. Yeah. And I forgot to mention it was my 20th wedding anniversary. And my wife listened to the show and said, hey, you didn't mention anything about our, our anniversary trip. So I, I blew it. Honey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And and yes, I'm very happy to have 20 years with my beautiful bride. Yes. I remember you guys uh, celebrated. When was that? In December, right? Or no, it was April. April. Yeah. We flew. Oh, that wasn't we a highlight. We saw um, oh, yeah. Carrie Underwood oh, yeah, in yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Took her to a concert. Some oh, nice yeah. dinners. And oh, yeah. We had a good time. It was the Southwest flight got canceled. Oh, yeah, remember yeah. all the, the ordeal we had yeah. to do to even oh, get yeah. there? It was funny. Oh, yeah. So speaking of Southwest flight, no, let's not go there. <laughs> Southwest had a rough week last week. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch any football over the uh, over the holiday? Yeah. You know, I mean, football's. You know, it's. Did you see the Florida State game? Yeah, that one. See, that was a great game. But that was then, a great game. then USC <laughs> just they have horrible defense, and so it was just bad. So that's their offense is phenomenal. I think their offense can compete with anybody. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's that defense. I thought they had the game one, Pete. I went yeah. out for a walk, and I come back, and my wife tells me that they they lost they lost point. in the fourth quarter. Yep. But man, the the championships, the the semifinals, oh, so good, phenomenal football. Yeah, it was awesome. We got to hang out, so we did that on Christmas. Defense New Year's optional. Eve. Defense oh, yeah, yeah. optional. But yeah, for all were, the games. But they were so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. So and I, then and then last night that crazy, uh, yeah. I mean that Monday night game, Demar Hamlin, uh, yeah, from uh, the, the Buffalo Bills defensive player, he yep. got like, the leading tackler on the team just collapse. So we're already hearing hearing this morning that it was it sounds like it was a heart attack. So yeah, cardiac arrest. Crazy. They put him in. They intubated him. They put him to sleep. They tested him out. And I think I mean he should be okay. But I think what we saw out of that is is my Twitter feed blew up right after that. I think Facebook and Instagram probably did too. But yeah. um, it, it all the prayer. Yeah, that was the beautiful part of it. And then just so many people praying for this young man. And um, I had um, there was uh, Jack Graham, Pastor Jack Graham. He's over in Israel right now, and he wakes up in the morning. And he says, "Hey, I just heard the news about Demar. We're praying for him. All of us here in Israel." And it was just really cool that the the world itself was just praying for him. So I prayed too, and I prayed that this would take the next step and go for revival and that God would just start putting it upon all of our hearts and that 
you know, I think, I think what it showed me was that when push comes to shove and speak, especially for Americans uh, and probably worldwide, but I think we realize, you know, that there is a God and, you know, what other answer did we have when he's sitting there on the field, but the prey. Yeah. And I think everybody felt helpless. They're like, what can we do? Well, there is a God in heaven that we could talk to. You know, and it's instinctive. Yep. It's like even people that there's like people, yep. that, they're not people of faith, no. even, you know, and even, I don't know, just there's so much negativity around Christianity sometimes, but here when there's nothing else you can do instinctively, we turn to God. And I, and I, that's the best part about it. And I think that, I don't know. It, it just breaks my heart. And I know it broke God's heart that we reject him and we try to figure all of this stuff out on our own so much. Yeah. And I, there comes a time in life where you start to realize you're helpless and there's really nothing you can do, but God. <laughs> and, and it's in that, but God, that all things come together for our good that are called according to his purpose. It's in that, but God, that we find peace that surpasses our understanding. It doesn't make sense, but we find peace. It's in that, but God, that we have wisdom, that we have knowledge, that we have next steps. And, and, it's, and it's not a coincidence. It's, it's supernatural. It's, it's when we acknowledge that we are in need of help and that he created us to worship him and to glorify him, and that when we acknowledge that we need him, it's in those moments the Red Sea opens. It's in those moments that the, the, the mountain that's ahead of you is moved. It's in those moments that the storm that's all around you, the waves are calm. And, and, and that's, I think, what was happening with the Mar. I think that was my prayer, is that people were saying, hey, let's pray, because that's all we got. Yeah. And, and that's enough. It's enough because you're acknowledging at that moment, you're helpless. You're acknowledging at that moment, we need something higher than ourselves. And that's what we saw. I don't know. Thoughts? Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. That was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You know, and we kind of changed the subject a little bit, but uh, we, we, a friend, uh, he wasn't a close friend of mine, but someone that had an impact on my life. Oh, uh, yeah. We lost last oh, yeah. week, uh, Penn, yeah, Penn Penn Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so he's someone we went to church with, and uh, you you spent a lot more time with him than I did. But I just, man, he always put a smile on your face mm -hmm. every time I would run into Penn. He always had uh, just like a, I was a comedy a joke like, or yeah, just something funny to say, and it was you know it kind of like a, that dry. You got to be paying attention, humor to pick it up, you know, or it would just kind of go over your head. But man, he just. Just always just seemed to make an impact on me. Yeah, it, it's like you you didn't have a dull moment around him, no. you know, and so it's he was he was an impact person. And so anybody that came in contact with Penn, he definitely impacted your life. And, and, and most of the time it was he brought a smile to your face because the guy was hilarious. Yes. And he always gave me stuff. He gave me like a penny and he, and he gave me this little thing. If anybody's watching on online here, he, he gave me it's a it's a dove. It came from Israel. Um, it's crosses and, and it's just a little chip, you know, and, um, and I put it in my pocket and I was, and I use it sometimes, but it makes me think of him, but more than anything else, it's just, it was his heart. He just always wanted to give or wanted to help. And, yeah. and so, I don't know. So it's, it's sad that he, he, you know, he's been dealing with cancer for some time and, and he lost his battle to it, but 
You know, I'm jealous too. He's in heaven. I was just thinking the exact same thing. He's basking in the presence of our Lord. It's, it's, I mean, I look forward to that day, Amen. you know, I know to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And Paul fully comprehended that. And he taught us that. So, yeah, but it's very, good very to remember cool. people and, and yeah, that's awesome. You know, yeah. shout out to Deb. We're, we, we love you. We're praying for you. Um, you know, if anybody's listening to this and you want to share this with her, go for it. Uh, but speaking of share, we're going to be, um, uh, we're going to, we're sharing the information. We're going to go to Israel. Yeah. You were just talking about the Red Sea in your, in your, in your monologue there. That's it. So we're going to Israel. So we're going to go in, in June of 2024. Um, we're going to put up on our, our riotpodcast.co website, a registration, because we're going to have an intro meeting in March, 2023. We'll put the date up there. You'll see it. Um, we'll be sharing it on our social media. So if you want to sh- uh, like our social media, the Riot Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, YouTube. We'll be sh- and YouTube, we're going to be sharing that on uh, all of that information on those platforms. Um, but it's going to be 13 days. We're doing the footsteps of Moses. Um, we're going to start in Cairo, Egypt, and we're going to talk about this every week, guys. So you're going to hear this over and over again. But what we want from you is we'll give you all the information, all the links that you can research up and, and learn everything, but we're going to have that intro me. What we want from you is you to tell us that you're interested, that you want to know more, and that you want to go to that intro meeting, because that's that's where we're at. We're building that interest. We're, we're plenty of time way far out, right? So it's not for another year and a half, um, but that's what we're doing. So you're going to hear us talking about it. You're going to see it on our social media a lot like it, describe it, follow us, share with other people that want to go invite your mom and dad. We have, we have, uh, we've been talking to people and we have a lot of interest already. And we have people that are saying, yeah, I'm going to bring my mom or, Hey, I'm going to bring my dad or, or yeah, my kids are going to come, you know, I mean, there's, are you're going to be bringing your daughter. So, yeah. I mean, it's, we already have, you know, a lot of people that's it's interesting. It's going to so, be amazing. But yeah. for, for now, just focus on the intro meeting. Yeah. So come get some information. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to go, but come get some more information. See if it's something you'd be interested in. We, it's going to be an epic, epic trip. We will have it. We will have on, uh, we will have a registration page on our social media. So you can just sign up. Let us know that you're interested in that intro meeting. That's it. It's not saying you're going, That's right. but it's just so you get the interest so we can know if you're interested. That's it. All right. going to be fun. On. Cannot right. wait. Well, you ready to jump into the yeah, show? Let's pray and let's get going. Let's do it. Our Heavenly Father, we just uh, we want to give you the show now, Lord. We ask you that you would be uh, with our listeners, that uh, you would be with the show as we record it, Lord. That, uh, man, we would just, as we jump back into the book of John in this new year, Lord, that it would be just fresh. And uh, Lord, just teach us something about humility today. Teach us how to be more like Jesus, Lord, as we, as we unwrap and uh, unpack this story. So, Father, we just we love you. We thank you. We give you the show now in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. So we're going to title it. We're going to be in John 13. So we're picking up. So all of last year, we covered John 1 through 12, <laughs> chapter 12. You said it. You, you've ragged on me many times because you said we're going to get through it in a year. So Lord willing, we get through the rest of John this hey, year. We're halfway through. Right. So John 13, we're going to call it. Do you desire humility and grace? And I know that's kind of a, a funny thing. Do I desire humility and grace? But if you're if you're truly wanting to be like Jesus, then your answer should be absolutely. I want grace. Yeah. The humility part is a struggle. It's the hard part, right? but it's, it's, it's the challenge. And so that's kind of where we're going to go. And, you know, the context of this again is Jesus washing feet. And, and so we're going to, you know, just break that down. So, all right, let's go. All right. So as Pete had already said, we, you know, we've kind of unpacked the first 12 chapters 
of, of John. And John has detailed to us the truth of Jesus's claim as the yes. Messiah. He's done a great time job. and time again. He proved to us through testimony and many eyewitnesses that Jesus truly is who he says he is. Mm. His testimony of Jesus's teaching showed us that Jesus spent three years preparing his disciples for his departure. As we begin this year, 2023, in yep. John 13, we will see Jesus's farewell tour. This is like the Beatles farewell <laughs> yeah, tour. Right. This is the beginning of the end. <laughs> this yeah. is the goat, the yeah. goat's farewell tour. Yeah. We will see Jesus's farewell tour as he begins to give his disciples their final exam. Jesus's earthly ministry, as they have known it, is now over, or as we have known it, is now over. Oh, yeah. He is now transitioning into his final hours, where he will leave them to carry on his work. In chapters 13 through 21, John presents, for the most part, the private ministry of Christ with his own disciples. He was preparing them for their future service when the Holy Spirit would come and empower them. So uh, the context, again, is, is we, we, finish, we finalized the last, the last year, you know, kind of the, the beginning days of, of when he's... Um, I'm trying to think the final days of when he's going to, you know, come to the end. And so I think we're going to be on like day Thursday, the fourth day of, of that, but let's read John 13, one through five. Um, before we do it, let's give context to what we're going to read last year. We already studied the days leading up to today's reading. We learned Jesus had entered Jerusalem on Sunday and then Monday he cleansed the temple. Tuesday was a day of conflict that's religious leaders sought to trip him up and to get evidence to arrest him. The details of these, you you could find, and John John doesn't go within the details, but Matthew and some of the other gospels, they give more detail. So we could find all of this leading up to his final hours in Matthew's 25, 21 through 25. Wednesday was probably a de- day of rest, but today we're going to pick up and it's going to be Thursday. So he's in a meeting with his disciples in the upper room to observe the Passover. So it's at that time of the year. Um, and Jesus washes his disciple feet. So let's go ahead. Let's break down. Let's read John 13, one through five. We'll be in the ESV. So if anybody wants to follow along, you can, and then let's just start talking about it. Right. Let's do it. John 13, one. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end during supper. When the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Do you ever, have you ever used supper? Supper? Yeah. Or did you use dinner? Where's well, I've, both. You've done supper and dinner? Yeah, I think my grandparents, I think, used to say supper yeah. all the time. So I, I think we say dinner now. We don't, we don't say supper anymore. But I remember as a kid hearing that word a lot. So I think it was from my, my dad's parents. I, I was thinking about that when I read it before. I was like, I don't know if I've ever used it. I've always just been dinner. So I don't know. If, but supper, you see it on like the Midwest or you see it in some areas that they use supper. So yeah, my grandmother still. would say it. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Let's break it down. All right. So um, let's get started. We observe two things in these five verses. The first emphasis is in verses one through three, and it's on uh, on what Jesus knew. Yeah. And the second is this in verses four and five. 
uh, what Jesus did. Yeah. So we, so the first part of it is he knew the background of what's going on. The second part of it is, all right, he did something about what he knew. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. All right. so, so Jesus knew that his hour has come. It's funny. I'm watching you watching chosen you watch, yeah. season. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, but you know, you hear Jesus say, you know, my time hasn't come yet. My time hasn't come yet. My time hasn't come yet. And then uh, now he's like, now my hour is here. Yep. My hour has it's come. It's changed. More than any other of the gospel writers, John emphasizes the fact that Jesus lived on a heavenly timetable as he did the Father's will. Yeah, I think this point, let's spend some time just really talking about this, that he lived on the heavenly timetable. We see this timetable recorded in John 2, 4. Remember, he's like you just said, he said, my my hour has not yet come. Yeah. In chapter 7, verse 30, in chapter 8, verse 20, he says the hour was not yet come. In John chapter 17, 1, he says the Father is come. Uh, the Father, the hour has come. So then he's saying, okay, now it's time. Um, we live every day to glorify the Father, and we too are on God's heavenly timetable. And I think that this is a point, and I'm, I'm going to kind of read some notes that I have here, but this is a point that we really need to grasp as Christians. It's not about you. So every time that you are complaining, every time that you are upset, every time that you are not happy about something, doesn't matter to God. It's not about you. It's he has a time frame. He has a plan laid out. He has a purpose for your life. He has a direction for your life. And you have to, you have to grasp this. It's, you know, he created you to bring him glory. He created you to do the father's will. He did not create you to pat yourself on the back. He did not create you to fulfill your own purposes. You, we have to get this. It's, it's, it's vital. And Jesus understood that no matter what, he was about his father's business and that he was going to do what his father asked him to do. And wherever that led, he trusted the father. And it was about the timetable of what the father was doing and what the father was saying in his life in that moment. Any thoughts on that part? Yeah, I'm, I'll I'm go into kinda, more. I'm chuckling because just the... The act of me um, complaining about my circumstances or not being happy or I'm, oh, what was me in this is is proof that I'm making it about me. Oh, yeah. So because you won't feel that way if you if you're following the father's timeline and his timetable and yeah. making it all about him. You don't feel that way. Yeah, I only feel that way when I'm making it about me. It's always the case. Yep. And, and, you, and if we're not in that fellowship with him, we, we, we don't, we lose it. We don't even know we're doing it. That's right. Our spouse is blind to it. Yeah. That's our right. spouses know, our kids know, you know, our friends would know. Um, but we just are blind to it. Well, we need people around us. Oh, absolutely. To God point, fearing to point people. that out and in love and say, Hey, you know, your, your focus is wrong. So if we, we must accept this fact, as I just said, we have to accept the fact that it's not about us. It's about God's timetable. First Peter 5, 6 says that humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. It's his time. He lifts you up. It's he has the plan. We must wait for him. That's why Jesus always said, have eyes to see and ears to hear. Remember Lamentations 3, 25 through 26 said, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. If you want to know God's timing, you have to wait for him. 
If you want to know what God is saying and what God is doing, you have to wait for him. You have to spend time with him. Without knowing the father, you won't do it. Jesus knew the father. He knew the father intimately. And if he, because he knew the father intimately, he knew the father's timetable. Right. We would know. And so that's kind of what Charles Spurgeon said. Anything other than God's plan carried out in God's way and in God's timing amounts to self-reliance. You want to do it your way? Fine. You're just kicking against the goats. Good luck with that. You're, you're basically fighting against a supernatural God that's going to finish his work no matter what. And so if we're going to kick against the goats, we're going to have pain, agony, stress. We're going to have worry, fear, anxiety, all of the things that are contrary to the peace that God wants to give you. Just wait upon him, be still in him, have eyes to see and let him, let him have his time. Let him have his way in your life. And then ultimately, your life will be blessed abundantly more than you can possibly think or imagine. That's Good. the promise. All right. All right. Next one. What was this divinely appointed hour? It was the time when Jesus would be glorified through his death, resurrection, and ascension. From a human point of view, it meant suffering, but from the divine point of view, it meant glory. He would soon leave this world and return to the Father who sent him, Jesus having finished his work on earth. That's just crazy, you know, and it's and it's like, you know, Paul, remember when Paul in uh, Rome, he kind of knew um, that his time was is coming to an end. Remember when he wrote to Timothy, he was like, you know, I've I fought the good fight. I yeah. finished the race. It's like you kind of know, you know, and it's like before that time, if you don't know, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it happens unexpectedly and sometimes all of a sudden I don't know where you die. But it's like, you know, we're living today for the, the to the fullest as much as we possibly can. And that it is to glorify God. And if God, you know, will kind of lead you and guide you and open your doors uh, to and close doors accordingly. But it's again, according to his time, when the servant of God is in the will of God, he is immortal <laughs> until his work is done. They cannot even arrest Jesus, let alone kill him until the right hour had arrived. Think about that. He's immortal. You're immortal. It's like, you know, I remember that uh, movie, Hackshaw Ridge, you know, the guy's just one more, yes, just one more of that. Well, his heart was to save the few, right? His heart was just to go and help. Give me one more, Lord. Give well, me one more. I mean, he's immortal. And I, we're not saying go out in the middle of the street when there's gunfire and all stupid. of that. Yeah. But, but the context of that was his, you're in the will of God. Yeah. The context was he was glorifying God. Yeah. He was giving God praise for all of that. So you, know, you were talking about Paul in, in Rome and 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 you're right because he he kind of knew he, he could tell by his writings that he knew the end was near, but that wasn't always the case. I remember reading Paul when he was talking about going to Rome, how it was going to be like a stop on the way to Spain. Yeah, like Paul wanted to go to Spain or yeah. thought he was going to go to Spain. Oh, he I believe he did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thing you know, but well, he was let go. So the whole story behind that was. Um, the Israelites wanted to kill him, they were all this stuff. So he went to Rome. Rome, he was a Roman citizen. They didn't have enough, so they let him go. Um, Nero comes into play at the end. Nero wants everybody dead, all the Christians dead. And then he was captured again somehow. He came back into Rome after he went to Israel. And I think he went to Crete. If you study it in context, you can see that he did go to other places after that. But he never got to Spain. Or at uh, least didn't yeah, write he, about it. Oh, yeah, I think he did. Do you? Oh, I'm positive. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he went there. Um, All right. Side note. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> but nothing can happen on 10. So I just wanted to kind of read what Diedrich Bonhoeffer said. You know, we, 
we think sometimes that we're going to die or we can't handle the pressure of life's greatest uh, circumstances. But no, we are immortal when God says otherwise. We can trust his timing and rest. He said, I believe that, that God will give us all the strength we need to help us to resist in all times of distress, but he never gives it in advance, lest we should rely on ourselves and not him alone. And so the world's falling apart. It truly is. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stresses in life. Uh, you're faced with crisis, health, lost your job, money. Um, you know, people are backstabbing you. There's things that are hurting, whatever it is. Kids don't love you. Spouse is upset. Things are happening, whatever it is. It's just, it's, it's a mess, right? Jesus says that he is in the midst of all of that. You have a purpose in all of that. He has a timing in all of that and that you're to rest and trust him in all of that. But in those moments, he will give you supernatural strength. He will give you supernatural abilities that you cannot have if you try to do it on your own. And, and, and it's, that's kind of what it's saying. And so Jesus had in this moment of distress, in this moment of trial, he had supernatural strength to do the father's will. You will have the supernatural strength to do the father's will. You'll make the right decisions. You'll think the right way. You'll speak the right way when you're in God's will, when you're walking intimately with him, when you're walking according to his timing, because he already knows all of this mess. He already saw it. He saw it with Paul. He saw all of that. Paul just walked moment by moment. Jesus knew that the Pharisees and everybody hated him. He just walked moment by moment in, this, in that distress, in that pain, and God gave him supernatural strength. And, and the rest is history. So that's kind of what we're seeing here. Well, you, shared, you shared a Bonhoeffer quote, and I'm wondering, you know, do, do, do all of our listeners know who Bonhoeffer is? Because if you don't, look it up, because the context, that's an amazing quote, but it means so much more if you understand the context of where he's coming from when he's saying this. So. It, yeah, his book, Cost of Dis or Discipleship, or Cost of Discipleship, I believe it is, is just absolutely unbelievable. So, all right, let's all go right. for it. Jesus also knew that Judas was going to betray him. Judas is mentioned eight times in John's gospel, more than any of the other gospels. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Um, I think John saw this event as the key turning point, I guess. I mean, he he brings up this guy, you know, that's Judas Iscariot. He brings him up eight times. So he put some focus on it. You know, he's one of the 12 with John. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, John, I don't know. Can you imagine though, you, you're hanging out for three years with 12 guys following, you know, Jesus. And then this guy does this. I mean, and, he gives him more John's attention an, than anybody John's else. An eyewitness to this. Yeah. So, I mean, it must've rubbed him the wrong that, way. That's I kind guess. of what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> But Satan, but Satan, here's the core of this, the crux of it. Satan had entered into Judas, and now he would give him the necessary thought to bring about the arrest and the crucifixion of the Son of God. So it's like, you know, Jesus knew that, okay, it was time. Now, you know, Judas, have your way. He actually blessed it. He said, all right, do whatever you're going to do. Do it quickly. So quickly. Right. Yeah. So it's it's at that time Satan is now empowering him. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit empowers us, it's I that no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. It's the same thing. It's him that no longer lives, but Satan that lives within him. And so he's now empowered. And so he has that. He's not protected from anything that way. He's now evil. Um, you know, and the, the word used here is in verse two, put uh, put literally means to throw. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's that word put literally means to throw. It is as if John is saying Satan throws fiery darts at us. And so that's what Jesus used, that word. And so Paul said in Ephesians 6, 16, talking about that word, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. The context tells us that Judas, Judah was an unbeliever. So a lot of people may think, oh, he's a disciple. He had to be a believer. No, no, no. The context here is saying he was never a believer. He was an unbeliever. So he did not have God's grace tool, the shield of faith to use towards Satan's attack. So, I mean, the, you know, there are many people in the church today that are unbelievers that do not possess the God's grace tool, the shield of faith. So it's when, when, when the temptation comes, they give in to the temptation. When, when, the, when, the, um, when the attack of Satan comes, they, they succumb to him. They, they give in to him. They, they go along with the flow. Um, the way that we protect against that is we have our shield of faith. We, we, we quote the word of God. We, we share the truth that God gives us. We protect ourselves from those lies. Well, Satan was able to enter into Judah because he wasn't able to protect himself from the lies of Satan. He, he believed a lie. He, he meditated on that lie. He then now acted out that lie. And that's what happened. And so he, he something got into his brain, something convinced him that, that Jesus uh, needed to be dead and that the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were right. And so he went along with the flow and he's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to be on the right side of, of history here is probably what he was thinking. But it was a lie. He did not protect himself from the shield of faith. You know, with the shield of faith. So the, to our listeners, the shield of faith is a big deal. It, we need that against Satan's fiery darts. And Paul put it in context there. All right. Wow. All right. Let's unpack verse three a little further, where it says the father had given him all things. This statement parallels John 335. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. It also reminds us of Matthew eleven twenty seven, where it says, all things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Yeah, God, the son chooses to reveal him. It's, it's again, it's not about us. It's, mm. it's never been about us. Jesus, even in his humiliation, had all things through his father. He was poor, and yet he was rich. Because Jesus knew who he was, where he came from, what he had, and where he was going, he was the complete master over his situation. We as believers know that we have been born of God, that we are one day going to God, and that is in Christ. We have all things. Therefore, if we have all things, we ought to be able to follow Jesus' example to serve others. Because of Jesus, we have the exact same everything that Jesus had when he walked this earth. Because of what he did, we have now access to the throne room. We now have the, the wisdom of God. We now have the strength of God. We now have the, the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the tools and everything necessary to live out the way that Jesus lived. There's no excuse. Jesus was a servant. He was a bond servant. Jesus sacrificed himself so that the Father was glorified. Jesus sacrificed his wants, his needs, his, his everything to put the Father first. 
Same thing with our in our own lives. Same thing with our marriages. Same thing with our, our kids. Same thing with our friendships. Same thing with our ministry. We are to sacrifice everything so that God is glorified in everything. We are to decrease in everything so that God is the forefront in everything. And so this is what he's teaching these, these, these disciples here. He's, he's showing them that I'm the master. I have, I've been living the perfect life. I've been doing everything. And I'm going to sacrifice that so that I elevate you above me. I'm going to, I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to point you to the Father because he is ultimate. Now I'm not. He is everything is basically what he's telling us and teaching us. All right. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm going to move on to the next statement, but this is like the ultimate teaching moment. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in verses four and five, the disciples must have been shocked when their master, Jesus, rises from supper, lays aside his outer garments, wraps a towel around his waist, and takes up a basin of water to wash their feet. Unheard of. Oh, yeah. Masters never wash the servants' feet. That just does not happen. No. It's it's the servants are the ones that wash. It's the it's the you know here is it's a hierarchy, the, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's like he's so good, he's so perfect, probably. He's done everything right. Their love for him is probably like at an all-time high. I mean, he's he's like he's lived this legacy, if we want to call it lad. He's done everything that you could possibly do to make somebody love you the most you could possibly love you left, right? Just imagine if we live like Jesus, how much our spouses would love us. I mean, they would love us in, in, a, in a passion everywhere that he went, that anybody that got to know Jesus, they loved him like with everything. They would say, I will die for you. You're amazing. There's everything about you. And, and that's what he did. And then here he is. They're like, we're going to wash your feet. We're going to do this. And he's like, ah, let me wash your feet. And, and he just turned the coin on him. And he just, ah, let me wash your feet. Because the first will be last. And the last will be first. The one that wants to be my leader, my servant of all, or one that wants to be the best in the kingdom of God is going to be the one that is the service, the least of you, the one that's going to sacrifice so that others are elevated, so that others can come to know my father. And, and, and you're not about doing it your way. You're about doing it my way. God's way is what he constantly says. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it. it this is definitely not a standard operating procedure for most <laughs> homes. I mean, this is completely different. And in then, you know, Israelites, basically they, um, the priests would never enter into the priestlyhood duties without washing themselves. Right. So they would wash their feet. They would wash themselves. Most of the time you did it yourself. Sometimes you would have servants or have other people that would be there, Gentiles or slaves. Um, but you always wash yourself. So it was a big deal to the Israelites. And so Jesus knew that. And so now he's using this to really make a point. So let's kind of unpack this point that he's making here. So Jesus knew his disciples' hearts. This is fascinating. And he knew that they had a competitive spirit about them. You have a competitive spirit sometimes, Pete? I do. Yeah, and I know too. a lot of us do. Yeah, right. yeah. We we will read in the next few minutes that the men were disputing over which of them was the greatest. So this is nuts to me, right? You're like Jesus just got done washing their feet and now they're like competing. Now you don't find this in John's gospel, no, no. you know, but we do know the story out of, out of Luke. If you look in uh, chapter 22 verses 24 through 30, where this is like, this is where they're arguing who's going to sit on what side and, yeah. and all of that stuff. You guys probably know that story well, but just, 
just amazing that well john is a part of that argument so john is one of the main key and he's the one writing this Maybe there's a reason yeah skip that part. yeah there's a reason why he doesn't put this in it's hilarious though right it is but that but again that what does that show us too it's that's why it's so important for us to read the context the whole gospel yeah. all of it because if you're reading this and you just read that and you didn't do context you didn't look at it we wouldn't have known that at this moment, this is when the disciples are doing it. But it's it, cool. It lines these stories up together. So it gives you a broader context. We need color. to understand that yeah. to be able to fully comprehend right. what John is trying to say here. But it is funny that John doesn't put that in. <laughs> you know, John does those little things like the, you know, the one whom Jesus loved. You right. know? Yeah. He does those little things already brings out Peter's flaw. He knows, but Peter, you know, was second to the thing. I beat him. You know, it was kind of funny. It's funny. But Jesus has given them an unforgettable lesson in humility. And by his actions, he rebuked their selfishness and pride. The more we think about this scene, the more profound it becomes. It's certainly an illustration Paul wrote about years later in Philippians in chapters 2, verses 1 through 16. He reminded his disciples to elevate others above himself. Peter also referenced this event in 1 Peter 5, 5, where he shared with his disciples to be clothed in all humility. Um, I, I think about... Um, the competitiveness of this and, you know, how Jesus, how, you know, there's no competition in God's kingdom. So we have to get that in our head. It's, it's never about us being the very best to glorify ourselves. Right. Um, it, there's no competition. So it's like, you know, well, I got to do all of this to get more money. Well, you got to understand in your business or in your life or whatever that is, it's not your business isn't about you making a lot of money. It, your business isn't about you, in your case, selling a lot of homes. In my case, you know, being having the best, mark, um, um, you know, travel tours in the world. It's our focus or our efforts isn't on that because God is going to provide for us regardless. We are to be available to whatever he's going to do. He's the one that brings us our our wealth. He's the one that brings us our our ideas and our thoughts, right? And so there's no competition. We got to get that out of our head. It's 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 God and always God and what he's doing. And the next person that he brings into your life, he, his desire is for you to love them and serve them and elevate them. His desire is for you to point them to Jesus when the opportunities arise. His desire is for you to pray for them. His desire is for you to be obedient in that moment to whatever he's already opened up the door for. And so we have to get in our heads that our business or our way of life or competition or whatever that is, we have to eliminate that. Now, does that mean we don't compete at the highest level that we can? No, of course we do. If God has given you a gift and given you a skill set, Paul even said, finish the race strong. He wants us to do the very best we can, but we're not doing the very best we can so that it glorifies ourselves. For us. Yeah. And, and it's the fine line. And we get so caught up there sometimes where we lose sight of that and we forget. And so I think this is, again, what Jesus is teaching his disciples. You know, people who are competitive many times have trouble sacrificing themselves for the good of others. A lot of people that are competitive, I'm not going to sacrifice for him. You know, have, have we seen those uh, those stories of, you know, the the track race guys and one guy falls and he almost finishes. And the other guy stops and picks him up and yeah. helps him carry it across the line. Well, that's what it's saying is as our eyes are focused more on being obedient and glorifying God than it is on us winning. Our winning is by lifting others up above ourselves. That's what he's saying. That's the most important part. 
The byproduct of that is he finishes the race. The byproduct of that is that God is glorified. The byproduct of that is that God will always supply all of our needs. We don't have to ever worry about that. Philippians 2 says, says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. So good. What is that again? Philippians 2 verses 3. All right. All right. Jesus was sovereign, yet he took the place of a servant. He had all things in his hand, yet he picked up a towel. He was Lord and master, yet he served others. Yeah, this is um, where we at? Statement eight. Oh, statement eight. Yeah, the true humility grows out of our relationship with God. If you desire is to know and do the Father's will so that we might glorify his name, then we will experience the joy of following Christ's example and serving others. Yeah, so it's, you know, Jesus is sovereign, so he took the place of a servant. He could have. He could have just, you know, been king. He could have done something else, but he came with a whole different message um, to teach us. So, yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to um, verses six through 11 and see Peter's impulsive statement out of ignorance and then his correction by Jesus. All right. Verse six. Peter always did impulsive statements. Yeah. Well, I like Peter. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him. What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, I can just see him. Okay, then, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean but not every one of you there there's there's some there's something strong there huh yep for he knew who was about to betray him that was why he said not all of you are clean wow yeah so this is i mean i pray that you know us, our listeners really get this fact and so we're going to just do our best to kind of detail or dissect kind of what jesus is saying here but let's go ahead and, and talk about that translated word wash. yeah the tra- the word wash in john 13 5 and 6 is nipto yeah and it means to wash a part of the body but the word washed in john 13 10 is loow yeah. it almost looks like a hawaiian, like a hawaiian yeah. word luau, yeah. and means to bathe all over the distinction is important for jesus was trying to teach his disciples the importance of holy week yeah, so when I went or a holy walk, so what did I say? Holy you know, week? Yeah, that's okay. Well, we're in holy week. Yeah, I was yeah. just confused. When a sinner trusts the Savior, he is bathed all over and his sins are washed away and forgiven. That's when he was telling Peter, says, Hey, a person that's already washed doesn't have to bathe again. You've already been washed. So he's telling them that, right? He says, But Hebrews 10 17 says, Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So once you have given your life to Jesus, your sins are washed once. Remember, it says, you're, I wash their sins as white as snow. Remember, uh, everything is done. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says, your sins are forgiven. So that's what happens. And that's what he's telling Peter. So when he's told Peter that, they, and Peter, I'm wondering if sitting there going, huh, I wonder, what does he mean by that? Well, that's that's what he means. That was the context of it. But as we walk in this world, it will be easy to be defiled by our sin. Can you testify to that? 
Sure. I can testify to that. What Jesus is saying to Peter here is we do not have to be bathed all over again after we have confessed. First John 1 9. God promises to cleanse us once and for all when we confess our sins to him. So we have to understand that. So once you've given your life to the Lord, then and you're living for him and you're and you're watching it, you are completely washed 100 percent from head to toe with Jesus' uh, blood and forgiveness. And so we are done once and for all. So there's no losing your salvation here. Right. You know, I heard somebody say, it might've been a book I was reading, but this quote just kind of really stuck with me. This was over the, over the break when we, I was driving. And it, it was this, he goes, being a Christian, many people think being a Christian means trying not to sin or not doing certain things. Being Really all of being a Christian means is passionately following jesus yeah and we, it's so easy to get that to get that mixed up you fall into that trap of do you know yeah. oh i can't do this i can't do that that's not what it's about yeah. all he wants us to do is just follow him passionately love on him it's, i just thought that was, well, was like, powerful well it's like i mean are you waking up in the morning and all you can think about is how you're going to make money how you're going to look good how you're going to work out um how you're going to go on your next vacation how you're going to spend your money how are you going to go meet with your friends and have fun and shoot, you know, golf and all that? Is that what you're thinking about? Or are you waking up in the morning and says, man, I just want to be in God's presence. I just want to love him today. I just want to do that. But in the midst of all of that, do you fall short? I do. Sure. In the midst of all of that, I mean, are you, do you do you tell a lie or do you think stupid or do you say something that's foolish? Yes. But where's your heart? Your heart woke up saying, I'd rather do the will of God. I want to walk with him. I want to pray. I want to know him. Right. That's the difference. Isn't that what Jesus is saying too? Just like, just get up and follow me. That's the difference. Like there is no condemnation, right? But there's so many people that are waking up the way that we just talked about. And I would say they're Judas Iscariots. They're about, going to church still. They do them. the Bible studies, but they're, they're hard and their, their whole mind is, I don't want to know Jesus. They don't know him. Jesus is going to say, listen, depart from me. I never knew you. But didn't I do it at church? And I do it the part. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people like that. And I pray if you're listening to this, that's not you. And I think if you're listening to this, it probably isn't you, truthfully, right. because why would you listen to this otherwise? <laughs> it would so, be tough. Yeah, it would be <laughs> tough. All right. All right. Kind of along the same lines. Why is it important to keep our feet clean? All right. So, so two parts here, right? So the first part is the body wash. Jesus, yep. Jesus rebuked Peter and says, nah, you don't need that. You're already washed. I've already said your, your sins are forgiven. You're it. But yeah, you do need your feet cleaned. And so because if we are defiled, we cannot have communion with Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, if I wash you not, you can have no part with me. The word translated part here is mras, and it carries the meaning of participation, having a share in someone or something. When God bathes us all over in salvation, he brings about our union with Christ, and that is a settled relationship that, that cannot change. Amen. But, however, our communion with Christ depends on us keeping ourselves unspotted from the world. James 1.27 tells us that. If we permit unconfessed sin in our lives, we hinder our walk with the Lord, and that is when we need to have our feet washed. It doesn't mean you're not saved. You just kind of, it's almost like refocusing. Then. It's like, you know, here I, I, when I fall short, okay, what I tell the Lord is, Lord, I repent of that sin. And, and why I repent of it is because I know it wasn't your perfect way. It wasn't the very best way. I did not make the best choice. I'm still forgiven of my sins. Right. I've never changed. I'm never not accepted. But I'm acknowledging at that moment, 
I need my feet washed. And Jesus at that very moment says, I'm washing your feet, son. Wow, what a picture. That's what's happening. And that's what he's telling Peter. And it's, and he's telling him there's going to be times in your life. You're going to need to do that. Now let's fast forward to our own lives. There's somebody in our life that, that, that we love and that we cherish and they've done stupid things and they've whatever. And we humble ourselves and we still wash their feet. We still serve them in spite of their wrongs, in spite of what they're doing. They just need a washing. Wait, we shouldn't hold grudges. No. We let it go. We forgive. We move on. We wash their feet. We humble ourselves. What does that do to somebody? So you mess up to somebody. I mess up to you, Bob. And I've said something stupid. I don't know why I said it, but I come to you and I said, man, I don't know what I was thinking, Bob. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And you in return, wash my feet. You humble yourself as a servant and you elevate me now in that moment above yourself. You're no longer saying I'm the master, I'm in the right. What you're saying is that I want you to be elevated above me. And I'm the one that messed up. I'm the one that made the mistake, but you're elevating me. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what he's saying. He's he's showing them that's humility. That's the core of what he's asking of us to do. And it's and and he's not doing it because Jesus wants the credit. He's doing it because he wants us to elevate the father. And the reason why you humbled yourself and elevated me is it's going to show me the true love of the father. And it's going to help me to walk closely with him. And that's why his disciples got it. That's why they gravitated to the father because they saw the love of the father in, and they see the love of the father in. We do the same thing. Is that powerful? What a picture. Yeah. And it's so easy to just gloss over the Bible and not dive in. Yeah. And I'm so glad we have this opportunity yeah. to just dive in here yeah. and share it with, with our listeners. Yeah. Uh, man, I hope you guys are getting as much out of this as I am. It's really, really good stuff. All right. We learned an important lesson from Peter here. Don't question the Lord's will or work <laughs> and don't try to change it. He knows what he's doing. That's the understatement of the year. Exactly. I know it's early in the year, but that's it right there. I always think of Jacob wrestling with God and he, and he lost, right? So he wrestled with God and then he lost. And remember Broke that's Jacob's ladder. No, yeah. Yeah. Replaces him. But if we're going to wrestle with God, we're not going to come out the same. It's, we will have damage done to us. <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking if, if, you know, there's, when you're walking faithfully every moment of the day, there's going to come circumstances or things that are going to happen in your life. Okay. We can either fight them. We can push through them. We can make things happen. Um, we can like, no matter what, I'm going to do this, right? We could do that. And, and many of us do that. Or we can just stop. We can surrender it to the Lord. We can be still in that moment and worship him. And we can be patient and say, God, I trust your timing here. Lord, you, you know what's going on. You are, you're fully in charge. I believe that. I trust you. And I'm not going to move forward until you show me what my next steps are. You give me eyes to see. You give me ears to hear. And I'm going to continue to worship you and praise you in that. Peter, many God says something to him and he hears it and he sees it and he goes, no, that's a circumstance. I can't comprehend that. That is wrong. Right. And remember another time with Peter, he was telling him like, like, no, you're not going to die. And we're going to read that. You're not going to die. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. He had to rebuke him in that moment because Jesus is moving forward. He's advancing God's kingdom and everything that happens 
to us according to God's will. When Jesus steps in and he tells you something and he doesn't, it's because he's advancing God's kingdom. We don't want to get in his way. We don't want to make it about ourselves. Let's let it be him and about him and for him. So if we wait on him, then he'll say, okay, now I can use you. And he said the same thing to Peter. And eventually Peter did it. Remember in Acts 2, all of a sudden this Pentecost takes place and he says, Peter, it's time. Peter stands up and 3000 people come to know Jesus at that very moment. But it wasn't because it was because of Peter. Peter got in the way. Peter fought with God. Peter lost. But Peter finally recognized, "Uh uh-uh, it's not about me. And Jesus sat down on the beach with him and he broke bread with him. He said, Peter, will you feed my feet sheep? Will you love them? Will you cherish them? Will you do things for me? Will you become a fishers of men and not just a fisherman? My favorite chapters in the Bible. And Jesus and Peter says, yes, God, you know, broken before him. And God says, now upon this rock, I will build my church. And that's what took place. All right. All right, last one. Notice that John carefully pointed out that Peter and Judas Iscariot were in a different relationship with Jesus. Yes, Jesus washed Judas's feet, but crazy. It did Judas no good because he had not been bathed all over. Wow. And that's a testimony to us. It's that we know that the person at the church isn't walking closely with the Lord. We just know because their fruit's not there and we see their lifestyle, we see what they're doing. That does not give us the right not to wash their feet. It, it, we we're not washing their feet to make ourselves feel better anyway. We're doing it because we're just servants of the most high God. Lesson. We're just being poured out as jink offerings in season and out of season and whatever that is. And that's the lesson that Jesus is teaching us here. He already knew that he's lost. He already knew he wasn't one of his, he knew it, but he still went through the motions with him because he wanted the others and everybody around him to know that God is glorified. We don't want to lose our witness ever. We don't want to be in that position where we choose one or not the other. We just are servants of the most high God. That's kind of what's happening. So Judas was not saved and lost in his salvation, but Jesus made it clear in John 6, 64 and 71 that Judas was not a believer. He made it clear. Many people might argue, oh my gosh, he was a, he was a believer. He had to be, or why would Jesus accept him? In? I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, he can't be because Jesus told us he's not. So are we in a fight with Jesus? No, go read John 6, 64 to 71. There's no doubt that G- P- Jesus is saying Judas is not a believer, period. It isn't. It is what it is. So we have to accept that fact. You know, I heard it said once that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to God. He can use the, the believer and the unbeliever. So he can use Peter and Judas. It doesn't make any difference to God, but it makes an eternal uh, difference to us. You know, which category we fall into there. Well, on Judas Iscariot's point, it's he fulfilled prophecy. So he's he wasn't a believer, but still God used still God. used That's him right. to That's fulfill right. the prophecy. Doesn't matter to God. And so it's 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 just amazing. And we let's I mean, the moral of the today's story is let's just trust the Jesus. Let's let's let him and his timing have precedence in our life. And more than anything else, let's follow the example of humility that God gave us. And uh, this is just a powerful show. And I, I pray that anybody that's listening, you know, one of the things that we do all the time on this show is we give opportunity for people to give their lives to the Lord. You know, what? where would it be for us if we just said, hey, this is all this great stuff, but we didn't help you know that there is a next step. And if you're listening to this and you don't have this intimate relationship with Jesus, or maybe you're even listening to this and you're just saying, you know what, I'm not walking closely with the Lord like I should. 
Well, if that's the case, the Bible says that we could do that right now. You could just repent and you can just stop in what you're doing and ask God to forgive you of your sins, turn from whatever the way that you were doing and now follow and walk closely with him. And if you've never given your life the, to the Lord, the Bible is very clear. And it says that you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You need to believe in your heart that he died on the cross, that he rose again on the third day, and that now he is the, now he's at the right hand of the father and that he's done that so that you can have your sins forgiven. And, and if you believe that, and then you say, God, forgive me of doing it my way, forgive me of my sins. And you turn from that and you pray that in your heart, then the Bible says that you will be saved. And as we learn today, that once you are saved, once you are a child of God, your full, your body is completely washed of that sin. God no longer sees sin in you. All he sees you as white as snow. He sees you through the eyes of Jesus, perfect, holy, blameless, a royal priesthood. Just try to think about that. Imagine that for a moment, that you are sitting before God as a, as a saved and in, 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 uh, uh, blood-bought, forgiven sinner. You're standing before God because you confess this in your heart. You're standing before him, perfect and holy and a priest. That is just mind-boggling. But God says, I'll give you that opportunity. I will make you an heir to my throne. I will make you have eternal life when, when, you, when you die one day here on earth. And so I pray that that's you. And I pray that you just pray in your heart, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I pray today to accept you into my heart. I repent of that sin. I repent of that. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day so that I can have eternal life. And I, and I choose today to live for you. I choose today to worship you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you did that, the Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. We're rejoicing with you. And we love to hear from you and, and, and help get you started in your new faith. And if you repented of your sins, we love to hear that as well. Let us know how God has touched you and, and spoke to you to, spoken to you in today's uh, message. Bob? Yeah, if that's you, the first thing I would encourage you to do is go to our website, riotpodcast.co.co, click on the No God tab, and then there's just some there's some par- some stuff there that'll just kind of walk you through what you kind of what you just prayed and uh, what Pete was just talking about. And, and there's even a button there to let us know that uh, you have prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we would love to hear about that. You can also, uh, you can always go to our social media sites and reach out to us that way. If you've got questions, you can, you can post them there. Um, and man, we, we would love to respond to you and, and get back to you. Um, uh, but go to our Facebook page. It's the riot podcast, um, on, on Facebook, on YouTube, on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all those cool, all the cool places, all the kids hang out. So, uh, man, we would love to hear from you. It's been an amazing show today, Pete, uh, man, just, just great text. I, I love this book of John. We talk about it all the time and, and, uh, Man, it's just been a lot of fun to take this journey through here. And here we are in a new year, yeah, getting ready to, man, just so many things that we were talking about in our show prep today, uh, about all the things that God is doing. Mm. And I can't wait to keep sharing those things with our listeners. Oh, yeah. You know, one of them Pete talked about earlier about that, our trip coming up. Now we can say next year, Pete, yeah. the trip is next year. Yeah. You know, for, for the last couple of months, it's been like so far away, but <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, now it's coming year. up. So, uh, you know, if you're at all interested or you think you may know somebody that's interested, 
sign up and let us let us know so we can get you all the information for that meeting that we're going to have in march you want to hear about uh, what's going to happen and we'll have everything and there we'll have uh, you know the cost the itinerary we'll talk answer any questions you have it's just going to be an amazing time so if there's any interest at all um you want to sign up for that and that'll be coming soon all right. Well, awesome. Great show. I mean, I'm again, I when I when we were going through this in our study, I just was wrecked by this and in in again just reminded that our God is so good. Right. He is so good. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you as just walk deeply and intimately with him this week. God bless you guys. God bless guys. This has been the Riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.